imagine if everyone in the world was doing the thing they're most passionate about. You'd just be so much more happy. You need to be ready to make this your entire life. As long as it leads me to where I want to be, I'm still gonna do it. Greetings and welcome to another episode of The Bit Between. I'm your host, Sabdog, and today's episode uh, is with Diego Luciano, aka Reduciano, who's the CEO and founder of Vital Studios. How's it going, Diego? Hey, what's up, man? I'm doing great today. Uh, it's a little early in the morning. I'm going to go to sleep really soon because my schedule's really bad, but we're doing great. How about you? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. A little bit tired. It's uh, earliest I've recorded a podcast, but it's all good, man. It's all yeah. good. So before we get started and talk about, you know, the evolution of your brand and everything and you as an artist, um, how about you just go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm Diego. I'm 18 years old. I'm right now studying software engineering in Puerto Rico because I live here in Puerto Rico, but I am planning on leaving that soon because I'm not very interested in that department. It's very stressful, but I started Vital Studios, like I've had the idea for a really long time, but I started it like over a year ago and I'm mostly just, I've been an artist since I was born, not like I've been just drawing. I never was into like sports or anything much, even though I did them, it was never really my passion. I was more into drawing, painting, uh, playing instruments. I play, I play the guitar, the drums, the piano. Uh, I used to sing when I was a kid, and I still could if I tried. <laughs> and I I draw, I paint, uh, and then I do digital stuff, animation and all that. So it's just been something that's been with me throughout my entire life. So, so it's pretty fair yeah. to say you've always been creative and artistic. Exactly. And my grandfather was the one that gave me the idea to start just businesses and making money and just like capitalizing off these talents, which I mix both and here we are today. Yeah. So um, let's just rewind a little bit before Vital Studios. Um, what was it like growing up in Puerto Rico? I have never met anybody from Puerto Rico. So it was mostly just your average life. I used to go to a private school, which private school sounds like pretty big over there, but in Puerto Rico, it's like kind of like the norm. So you just go to a private school. And uh, I took, I was in a bilingual school, which is why I speak English like this. It's been like, even though Spanish is my first language. English is something I've like spoken throughout my entire life, so that's why I can speak it. And it was great. Uh, I don't have any any brothers or or sisters. It's just me. And it was overall a very pleasant and enjoyable life. I've had like my friends who who are still with me, like after school, and are in the Discord, the Vital Studio Discord as well, and have kind of incorporated themselves with the community as well which has been super nice and overall it was just a really nice and pleasant childhood which is a really good thing i'm glad to say that because unfortunately not everyone can yeah yeah um so let's kind of talk about the beginning of vital studios you said that your granddad kind of got you into uh, wanting to start a business and use all these talents how did that end up becoming uh vital studios well when I was around 11 years old, I used to play a ton of Minecraft, 
like even before then, I used to play a ton of Minecraft, but I had this friend called Alexis and he got like a cracked version of Photoshop. And he was like, bro, I'm making these profile pictures for for these people on the server and they're paying me like $10. And I was like, what? Like, that's like a whole donation rank for one of those servers. So I was like, shit, like, give me that link. And he gave me like a link for Photoshop CA6 back when I was like 11, yeah. And I just started learning how to use Photoshop like on my own, like just watching videos and, and kind of just fucking around with it. I still have the first ever logos I made somewhere around there. And that was like a very first introduction to like digital art. And after that, I kept just like really developing my, my skill throughout the years until when I was 14, 15 years old, I was reselling like sneakers, like Easy's and stuff like that, which was like the thing back then. And I used to DM people like, hey, I make logos. Like I just started like charging for my logo services and I just charged like $10, $20 for, for logos. And I DM like hundreds of people every day. Like, hey, I make logos. Uh, I'll make you one for $10 and it'll, it'll be great. You, you, you're going to like it. It'll be perfect. And that's where I started just getting motion. I started developing my skills even more because I was actually practicing, you know, the actual skill instead of just doing shit on my own. And I eventually started working for bigger, like, companies in that same area. Like, I, used to, I started developing, like, interfaces for programs. I used to buy sneakers, like, bots automatically. I started developing, like, websites and just stuff that was much bigger until one one day like one guy on discord coached me he was like hey so we have this brand we're starting and i don't really remember the name right now they're like i want you to design some hoodies and some shirts for me and we'll pay you and we'll use them and it'll be great and i was like yeah sure this was in like 2017 around that time and I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, no problem. So I designed a few hoodies and a few shirts for them. They only asked me for one, like for one hoodie and for one shirt. And I was like, yeah, sure. But when I started making hoodies, I was like, whoa, this is really cool. This is like super fucking dope. I love making this more than any other thing I've done. And I made like, like six or seven different variations and like five or six shirts and pants and everything. I was like, look, I made this whole entire collection thing you like it and they were like wow that's amazing I like it so much they paid me like 10 bucks and I was like yeah and I sent them that but they never did anything apart from that and I kept looking at it and I was like this is really cool I want to I want to make this I want to make these designs I want to take them and like use them because I know they won't use them because they were just like they just never did anything so in like 2018 like a year later I started like going heavy on just clothing design specifically, but I already had the knowledge of just design for the past like six, seven years prior to that. So I was already just designing cool stuff like that on top of like just clothes and stuff. And I didn't have any knowledge of any brands. Like I didn't know anything about clothing brands at all. I didn't know. I wasn't like in the Instagram brand community back then. Like none of those really existed. So I was just doing stuff that I thought looked cool, you know, and I just started designing 
I started making stuff and I started looking for manufacturers back then, like 2018. And it was a really long process and I could never just find anything. So I just stopped doing it. And I kind of left it open for like, just like on a, like a pause for a few months. And then comes 2019, like the beginning of 2019, I take all these designs again because I saw some Puerto Rican brands that were starting. And I was like, yo, these are really cool. I DM one of the owners of the clothing brand. And I was like, hey, um, can you tell me guys what manufacturer you use? And they're like, yeah, for sure. Just come over to our store. We'll get it sorted. I came out of the store. They told me their manufacturer. And I started making my first samples. And that was already like the beginning of 2019. Fast forward, me losing six, $700 in sampling for different manufacturers. I, they could never get my first design made. It was too complicated for them to make. It was the first contrast they showed you that I have over it. I, uh, it's like, it's really, it's in the bed right now, that one. Uh, that's the very first one I made. And I had this, I had a, bro, uh, I flew to LA to go to ComplexCon, but I also to visit a manufacturer so I could see how the process was and like talk to them about it. And I got ghosted in LA by a manufacturer. So it was like a tough, like few months to find someone who actually did it. At the very end, I my friend Ashton Alex gave me his manufacturer. I started doing it. I, they perfectly like made it. I released it. And then comes December 20th, 2019, and I released it. It sold out in like 10 minutes. It was really nice. Yeah. So how did you feel when you sold out, you know, however many hoodies it was on your first drop? That's crazy. I, yeah, it, it was really exhilarating. It was really exciting. But I don't mean to say this in a douchey way, but I sort of kind of expected that because I, I've told the story so many times, but I used to DM so many people a day. I, I would easily say I would DM over a thousand people, like not every day, but over a thousand people like week so that's like four or five thousand people even more sometimes every month for like six months until the drop so i managed to get 6.6k followers before i had even posted pictures of a hoodie i was dropping i was just posting animations and videos and red product renders i was doing in 3d up until the actual release day so i already had six thousand people interested in something you know what I mean? So that's why I right, think it's that makes sense. Yeah. And you, you use TikTok a lot as well, didn't you? That I use TikTok a lot for my second and third drops. Right. Like in February, I already had this base of like 7,000 followers. And my friend Sal from Eighth Wonder had a TikTok that got, that got 300,000 views. And me and my friend Ryan... We're like, yo, this is crazy. Let's start doing this. This was back in, in like, just January. No, like, yeah, January of, of 2020. Like, yeah, let's start doing this TikTok thing. It seems crazy. And no brands are really on here. That's, like, insane. So we started using TikTok, like, in January, February. And I posted, like, around 15 videos before one got over 50k views and i was like holy shit this is huge yeah and i just kept kept making tiktoks like 
every day, like two TikToks a day, up until I got a video with like almost, like a almost two million views now, another one with a million views, 800, 700, 600,000 views. And it was just crazy. It, it boosted my brand up from like 7K to like, I would say 18, 18K or 19K, something like that, just like off TikTok, which was just wild. So, yeah. I mean, and it's I kind of stop using. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy that a free app that just comes out of nowhere can just boost your brand from going from 7,000 followers, which was already very respectable and very impressive, all the way up to almost 20,000. It was um, wild. It's like, it's like this back then, like I said, there was like barely any brands on there. So if you had a brand that was even remotely cool and you were like, just like a, you seem like a cool guy, like a cool dude, just like a chill person, not like weird or anything. And you had like good lighting. You were like, guaranteed to like pop off now there's so many brands on tiktok it's just like the needle in a haystack you know yeah it's becoming very oversaturated because people have seen brands like you do so well on there now they're they're a little bit late to the game now aren't they <laughs> yeah they are i mean it's yeah. still possible there's a little over a billion users in tiktok so you would eventually gonna get a video that pops off that's most definitely not as easy as it was in the beginning of last year yeah 100 percent um so let's talk about the summer drop then because uh, that was when you kind of started branching out a little bit more into mm -hmm. different products uh, tell me a little bit about about how that went well this was a very interesting drop because i started getting more into just more fashion just not like just designing on clothes i started like getting more into just uh yeah just fashion brands fashion houses and i was like damn like i really want to do something cooler with my stuff not just like some lame stuff that everyone could do so i just started designing i started talking about manufacturing hey can you do washes can you do can you do um rings like cool rings can you do like all this stuff and they're like yeah most definitely so i was like yeah this is perfect so i started just working with what I had already in my brand, like these like big graphics that were always like something that I did, incorporating them into something that I liked more, which was like the enzyme wash on the t-shirt with a really nice boxy fit, which I really like, like same with the hoodie or like this technological vibe the brand has with, uh, with a ring, which is why I did the USB in the ring. And the USB is something I want to incorporate more into to my brand as always, because I, there's no like 100% like, oh, I was given a USB with my grandfather. And, you know, it's like there's not a, like a huge like backstory to it. I just think it looks really cool. And it's something everyone recognizes. And, and I think it's nice. But yeah, the summer drop was like, it was five pieces. I, I came from dropping like one to five. And it was like, damn, this is pretty big. So I was kind of scared, of course, but I dropped it and like, the t-shirt was so hyped it sold like a hundred t-shirts sold and like wow dude like 40 seconds or some absurd number like that and like everything else the rings sold in like a minute but everything else sold out in, like two three minutes and then the shorts took longer but it was just just absurd to me like how that sold so quickly how did you how did you feel when 
you started seeing so many people like really want your products to the point where like you must have had a lot of people on the website at that point yeah there was like there was i don't know the exact number but there was like hundreds hundreds of people on there and i was thinking like wow this this is hundreds of people like imagining this in like in a room like wow there's like three four five hundred people just like waiting for like someone to raise a curtain you know what i mean it's like a it's like it's like this is a theater and these people are just sitting down like they they're sitting down in these chairs and, and i'm here just like behind the curtain just waiting for it to be opened and they're all there for that one for that thing and and that's me and the me as in the brand as well and and to me, that's so absurd, like still is to this day, because I'm not used to so many, so much attention. I've never been used to that, even though like, I, I don't know, bro. It's like, it's just, it's just crazy. Cause like one day it wasn't obviously so sudden, but it's just, no one's really used to just getting like, let's say something I'm not used to still is when people tell me like, you're my, you're my biggest inspiration. You're like incredible to the, like, I can't believe like you, you just said, you're going to go so far. You're absolutely just what I aspire to be. To me, that's like, what? Like I'm just Diego, you know, I'm just designing stuff in a computer and just selling it. That's what I see. That's what I think I am still. And, and, and it's just absurd just to see that, the amount of people just genuinely like interested in like something I'm providing. I think that's dope. But from my perspective, I see a, a young kid with a lot of determination, a lot of perseverance, you know, you must've had a lot of rejections when people, when you were DMing people, you must've had a lot of failures as in failed products that didn't even go forward. You've just kept at it and stuck at it whilst being at college, studying something that you're not too keen on. And you've managed to, almost kind of make a living and make a name for yourself uh, in the industry that you want at 18 years old. That's what people see. People see, you know, this incredible journey of some random dude from Puerto Rico just managing yeah. to sell products all over the world. Dude, it's crazy for the same that college thing. It was even like more stressful, believe it or not, in school because I used to, my schedule for school used to be, so I woke up at 7 a.m. I would go to school up until three. I got out. I had to take a nap. I woke up at five. I went to Taekwondo lessons up until I would get to my house and like, so I would leave at five. I get there like at six. I'd do that until eight. I get to my house at nine. I'd eat. I'd study. And then from like 11 to like 1 a.m. I would just design and do stuff I needed to. And then from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. or even 6 a.m. not up to like 5 a.m. I would do just DMs, mass DM hundreds of people. And then I'd go to sleep at five and I'd wake up at seven and do it all over again for months and months and months until my first drop. I would sleep like two or three hours every single day for months. I used to have my eyes like black, like all of this. Like my friends would tell me like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. I would just drink a ton of coffee. But I had these like huge like eye bags for months. And that's exact because I did that. No rest, bro every single day every single day except weekends of course for like five months straight it was it was tough so how but, did that affect you 
having only two, three hours of sleep a night and then a nap? I would be very sleepy during school, of course, but I'm safe to say I developed a very strong coffee addiction during that time. I would drink coffee twice, not, not it's not an absurd amount, just twice a day. Like when I woke up and then when I, when I went to school, during school, if I didn't have, that's the thing, if I didn't have coffee, I just, no, I just would fall asleep. Like I genuinely could say I could just lean on like the side of the stairs and fall asleep standing. It was really, really bad. And my mood was very awful. I was very irritable. Like anything you say would piss me off. And I was just sad. And it wasn't sad because I had a reason to be sad. It was just sad because I just didn't have energy, you know? But I just look back at it now and I'm like, I would do it again. I would do it again a hundred times over because it just led me to where I am right now, you know? And, and, and sorry, I'm branching off a little bit, but that's something I tell everyone. Something I really, not this whole story, but like what I'm going to say now, it's like, you need to be ready to make this your entire life. Like, you need to be ready to make this, like, exactly what you're thinking about, what you're doing, what you're going to be doing, everything. You need to be ready to invest almost all your time into this, no matter what your parents say, what your friends say. Even, like, my parents didn't know I stepped... I recently told my parents I was doing that. They're like, what the fuck are you serious? Like, yeah, because of course they wouldn't fucking let me, but I had to, you know? And like, people don't really understand that there's like so much work that goes behind this. And especially in my position where I would do the marketing, I would do the TikToks, I would do the designing, I would do the, the support, I would do the leading with the DMs, I would do the everything, every single thing. Plus, I was working on videos for other people to connect to more people and reach out to more people, which is why I'm here, because I connected to people through my, like, ability to make animations. And and I wish I could just one-on-one say to people that tell me, hey, I want to start a brand. Do you have any tips? Just be like, just know if you're not passionate about it. And I know everyone says that, but genuinely passionate to the point where if you have to learn to make something you don't know like how to do to be able to reach other people to be able to get support or get help you have to do it if you have to learn how to how to fuck it i'll use the same example to animate videos to be able to do free videos for bigger brands so they get your support and get that co-sign and work with them you have to because you need to get to that end point, which is selling your clothes, which is just reaching people, which is having people like your stuff. And you have to do everything in your power. You can't just like sit down on your bed and dream about, oh, and just go around asking people, hey, uh, what can I do to like build my brand? You know, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like it took over your life. Um, it did. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Um, so what's the sort of reason that you let it get to that point? Um, why, why do you do all of this? I just wanted my clothes to sell. <laughs> I just, it's simply like, that's the shortest answer possible. I just wanted to sell. Mm-hmm. I was just like, cause I was like, this is a dope hoodie. 
I know this will sell. I am aware this would sell. And that's another thing. I'm going to branch out really quickly. Go for um, it. Go for it. If your stuff is ass, you know, like, don't try to convince yourself it's good because you designed it. Like, like, I was, I designed it. I thought it was really nice, but I asked, like, everyone, like, my parents, my friends, my friends that don't care about fashion, my friends that do care about fashion, everyone, everyone. And the general, like, answer was like, yeah, it's really cool. So I was like, this is a dope hoodie. I know it's going to sell. How? in the world am I going to get this in people's eyes? Because my thoughts were like, if people see it, they're going to buy it. That's not a, that's not a question. Like they're most definitely going to buy it, but I need people to see this. So I was just t- having it take over my life. Cause I was like, I need as many people as possible to see this. Cause then as many people as possible, you're going to buy it. So I did that. That's why I took over my life. I was just making sure everything, I was doing everything. I was doing everything, bro. I was like, damn, I was using different apps, different platforms. I was like, I was going on, I was spamming people with likes back then. I was mass viewing people's stories with manually. I was liking people's, like, I was doing everything to make sure people see, like, what I was doing because I already knew it was dope. So I was just making sure everyone saw it so they would buy it. And they did. You know? So that's why I took over my life because I needed to make sure this was a viable option for me because I was like, this is what I want to do in my life. So I need to make sure this goes well so I can keep creating because this is what I want to do, you know? So yeah. So you made it happen, basically. Exactly. I was like, I'm going to sell this hoodie because I need this hoodie to sell. So it's sold. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. When it comes to designing and being creative, how do you deal with getting into a, a creative rut or writer's block or things like that? That's tough because uh, Diego of seven months ago is different to Diego now. Diego seven months ago would tell you just outwork yourself, <laughs> you know, like just keep going, just keep doing it, you keep writing, keep like designing keep just keep doing shit until you just figure something out and it worked for me back then and it does work for some people just keep fucking going but diego now would tell you like disconnect entirely like and do something you like doing like when i'm really confused when i'm really like like just like blocked like very recently I was just not having any ideas for for designs. I was like frustrated. I was like, fuck, I don't know what to do. I started playing Cyberpunk 2077. Super awesome game. And I had a mentality of not, okay, I'm going to do this for my brand because this looks nice. I was just playing. I was just playing the game without thinking of anything except playing the game. I played it for like two weeks straight, like a fuck ton. And after playing it, it wasn't that I just, I was just my third eye open and I just knew what to do, but I had all this like information, all these variables in my mind of all these things I saw in game, you know, all these things, all these ideas, all these cool like buildings, all this architecture I, I saw in this game. And I was watching a movie with my mom. 
and I was just like about to fall asleep. I was just watching it. And I just had like so many ideas surged to me. And they were all related to like cyberpunk type of thing. So I was like, fuck, this is like good. I just stood up. I started doing it. And I designed like, I've designed like 13, 14 things so far for some future stuff. And it just came to me like watching a movie. So it wasn't even while like playing the game. It was just like I had this information in my mind that just decided to like bring itself to me in the form of like clothing like a few days later while I was just watching a Christmas movie. You know, it's like do something you enjoy and don't expect anything from it. Just do it. You know, just go out with your friends and play basketball or just go to the beach and you can find inspiration in the strangest of places, really. So it's just taking a break, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you kind of have to have hobbies and interests elsewhere as opposed to uh, just kind of pushing through it. Yeah, because that's the thing for me. Since for those six months, I already had what it was. I had the hoodie. I had the money. Like, I had a, no, I didn't have the money. But I had the hoodie, and I had the things made that like I needed. So I already had all the creative process done. So it was just like a mechanical process, which is why I super pushed myself. But when you're in that in-between of like this new drop, I needed design for this new drop. And I just came out of an old one where you're already tired of this old one is when you really need to just relax and focus on like what you really want to do. So when you have everything as perfect as possible, or just as, as, as good as you might think it'd be, then you start the mechanical process. And that's where it sounds kind of bad. But that's where you burn yourself out, basically, and just, like, go all out. Because you already did the creative thing, you know? So, yeah, I think the most comparable thing for me would be when I'm doing uh, my stuff on YouTube for the podcast and for my own channel, like when I'm doing stuff for the podcast, it's relatively mundane. Like it's nice to relive the conversation, but like all the editing that I have to do um, and all the stuff that I have to like chop it up and put it onto social media or things like that, like that gets quite boring and quite mundane because it's just doing the same thing over and over and over again. But then when you have like the creative side to it, when I'm working on my videos or I'm like writing something like a story, like there's so much more that goes into it that in one way it's harder because you have to have all these ideas but in one way it's easier because you've not just got the same thing happening over and over and over and over again at least for me when i'm doing mechanical stuff i really like uh it's either i either this is not not very like productive but i listen i just i i never like being like in silence i and and, and sometimes i don't even like want to hear music i just want to hear people talking so i just put up like literally just youtubers like my favorite youtuber is called penguin zero and i just put up like a full recording of like a stream he had just to listen to people talk and shit and and other times i put on like something that's really interesting i just, I just put on like like just videos of like mysteries of the of the, of the world like or or like some stuff about like this book called the codex something i forgot the name and it's, it's similar to the voynich manuscript it's like a book that's like not decipherable and and then the just stories about just medieval times and just a, a lot of really cool things that's like what i mostly listen to when i'm just like doing stuff like mechanical stuff i just listen to 
interesting stories, I guess. Because since I, I'd like to treat Vital as like a storybook, I think listening and just consuming like stories as much as possible really helps like shape what I want it to be. Yeah. So let's talk about inspiration a little bit. Have you got any main brands or designers or people that inspired you? Well, brands, I wouldn't say very specific brands. I think brands that are in the kind of like more techie, futuristic side of things really inspired me like just as a whole not necessarily not necessarily like the clothes they make but more of like like their whole vibe and their whole idea they're giving off and how successful they've been like at it like for example c2h4 is a really cool brand that is very like scientific and very like futuristic and they're really big and and they're like kind of like a story in a way and, and seeing that you know it's like possible to to have like this like it, it's really cool seeing like big brands doing that but as in like actual like cuts of clothing or like just designs and stuff that really like really inspired me like for my own brand i would say like Cobb Amp is a huge brand huge inspiration they have a very similar style to what i have um very obviously Raph Simmons, but Raph Simmons has inspired uh, every single brand directly or indirectly in the entire fucking existence of brands after him. And uh, Issei Miyaki is a very cool designer that I'm very inspired by. And Comme des Garçons is also another brand because right now, right now, because I'm very like into this, like more of like cuts and, and, and like more silhouettes and, and bigger things with like more divisions in fabric and, 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 and stuff like that rather than prints or like just a big thing in the front or just some embroidery over here. Like I'm more inspired by how I can use clothing as like a, like, okay. Cause for the most part, when, when, when you're designing a shirt, you would really see like the shirt as like the canvas, you know? It's like a blank canvas and you just design, you paint on it. Right now, I'm much more interested in changing the shape of the canvas before I even like draw on it, you know? Like I wanna, I wanna make a hoodie that's like working on it right now that has like four different divisions of materials, fabric like on top of each other and layered in between. And, and it has like genuinely not a single print on it and I'm much more interested in that style of things right now, especially one thing that I'm super inspired by right now as well is architecture. But that's been something that's been present throughout the entire brand. Uh, very first hoodie is huge because it's, it's, it's inspired by brutalist architecture, which has been something that I really like. And I love, absolutely love architecture. That's something I wanted to study. Even when I was a kid, I wanted to study architecture. So I... I, I listen to a lot of videos about just different methods, different like art, different like styles of architecture. You have to be like, my favorite is Brutalist, but there's so many others that are really nice. And, and I, I'm really trying to incorporate this like architecture side of things more and more into my clothes, not just as in like, like a 
cool like blueprint you know because all oh, they're building you know but like an actual like you would see this hoodie as like a building that's like because like the the idea of brutalist architecture is just to like they were built back in like the 50s and, and 60s on a lot of places because it was much cheaper and it was just like cement i could be wrong on the, on the time by the way but this is what i remember and it was just built on like cement because it was cheaper but they would build these massive structures on mostly like comp- apartment complexes and government buildings because they would want to impose like this like dread into like the people that saw it. Because if you saw like in Washington D.C., there's this building, the the FBI building. That building, when I went over to Washington D.C. and like saw it, is absurd. It's huge humongous like these huge like blocky just pillars of like gigantic just like walls and and you see that and you're just like oh that's not the fbi is not something you want to fuck with you know because it's like this huge fucking monster this building is just disgusting and huge and when i'm incorporating that into my hoodies i i really want to turn that around a little bit and not and maybe not impose like this dread even though that's could be very cool for very type of aesthetic that I'm working on right now, but rather I want to have it be. So I'm like imposing this like amusement of like, there's this big hoodie with like these huge, like chunky, like cuts that look like windows and, and buildings and AC units like around it. And you're like, wow, like that's like crazy. That's like really dope. And that's kind of the, what I want to push forward is like take that brutalist like sense of like dread incorporate it but instead of dread have it be like amusement I guess that's kind of what I want to do it's really cool what I'm doing right now <laughs> yeah so you seem to have like a lot of plans for the future oh boy <laughs> I have so many things I I'm pretty sure I'm uh maybe not directly have like the next fucking like seven six drops made but i sure as hell have the next drops like planned out in my head before i have anything designed like i don't have any designs for them like well i do but not what i want anymore but like i know like the the trail i'm going to right now we came out of vital crash which was like a cyber like kingdom medieval times with this evil grooming like looming around it to exit this medieval time in this cyberspace, which Vital Studios exists in, it's like the universe. And we're going to start going into, I'm mean, just going to say here at first, into this more destroyed, like dark, gloomy, like world of technology, which is what I'm going to be taking it right now. And the story is going to progress around that. And all the drops that come next are going to make sense with each other. That's what I'm doing right now. So you're going into like a technological dystopia. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. It's yeah. that's been like the the style of my brand since the start. But at the start, it wasn't a dystopia. It was more yeah. of like just wonders and mysteries and stuff. Now it's taken into a more dark approach. Yeah. Cool. Um, one second. Let me just show you my cat. My cat's come to say hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway 
I just want to talk about looking back on some of your old stuff because we've had conversations about you know how you feel a little bit about your old designs and things like that. Um, I'll, I'll start off by saying like I feel sometimes when I look back on my old work or my old videos like what was I thinking? You know, this this is nowhere near as good as it should be. Um, this is wrong with it. This is wrong with it. But I still try and keep it up. I still try and let people see it because I want I want to feel genuine. I want to feel like I'm not hiding like my past from people. And I want to feel like, you know, even though there's something that's imperfect and that I could definitely go back and improve now. At that point in time, I felt like that was ready to publish. That was ready to be released into the world. And I did it, you know, um, Jack Conti, who's the CEO of Patreon, he always says that like creative projects, they're never finished. They're just published. There's no such thing as finishing a creative project. You just get to the point where you're like, okay, this is ready to publish now. And that's kind of how I see my work. Um, so when you look back at kind of your older stuff, your older designs, older drops, and just kind of work that you've um not seen for a long time how do you feel about it what sort of relationship do you do you have with your older stuff i was talking to my dad about this very recently which is nice like cool of you to bring it up i this is the last time i don't like anymore i the shorts i i released like in summer this was summer which was like six months ago i would not release those anymore i think they're pretty yeah they're just like my eyes right now i'm like wow those shorts were cotton sewn those shorts were cotton sewn there was no blanks i was like if i did cotton sewn shorts i should have just done much more because i I was already making them cotton sewn so why would i just you know like make a regular looking pair of shorts or the the very first like the, the white space time tee i don't like the back graphic at all i think it doesn't fit i think it looks unfinished and I think I could have done so much better with that. Um, I don't, I just, I don't like just graphics anymore that much. I really just don't like graphics. So just like the OG hoodie, I love the silhouette. I love the stitching. I love the embroidery, but the back design is something that even though I like the design on its own, I don't really like it in like the back. And uh, if I were, I don't know. I just, since I've like progressed designing into like a different route where I just like, like monotone colors now, I, I just like one or two colors, maybe not even two, just like one color, just dividing it by shadows, like within the same color and stuff like that. Just multicolored stuff I don't really like anymore unless it fits perfectly with what I'm releasing. Like for example, the, the shirt in the summer drop, I think is a design that fit super well with the shirt. Cause it was like a vintage, it was a vintage tea. It was supposed to be a vintage tea. It was washed to be vintage. It was, it was made in a, it was just made like that. So that's somewhere where I think a big design belongs and it would look really nice. But yeah, there's a, how I feel about stuff that I've made before. There's, I have, so many designs I would never ever use anymore and it's like back then I took like 10 hours more to make that and now I'm looking at it and it's just I don't like that I'm not gonna do anything with it I have a few shirts here that I sampled and they're designs that 
are never going to come out. I have a hoodie here that has red stitching that I've worn it a few times. It has red stitching and it has a design in the back and an embroidery in the front that will absolutely never release just because I just don't like it anymore. And that's how I am, bro. I really change like, like, I really change like what I like pretty frequently. So I have a lot of stuff that is just never going to release. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, bro, but that's, that's how it is, bro. That's, that's just really how it, I can, I would probably say that like, no joke, most definitely give me like six months. Now I'm already going to be not liking like half of what I dropped for Biocrash. I can guarantee that, bro. That's just the development of an artist though. It's kind of, it's kind of natural and you can kind of be expected because with everything that we do as creative people, we just grow. You know, the more you do, the better you're going to get. And you can't expect that, you know, the very first thing that you make, you can't expect that 10 years down the line, once you've learned a whole lot more, you're going to be happy with that because you'll have changed your opinions, you'll have changed your preferences, you'll change what you like, what you don't like. And I guess it's only natural to kind of feel the way that you do. Yeah, I think it'd be very bad if you kept liking the same things 10 years later, or even like, I feel like even six months later, if you're looking at something you designed and you're like, this is perfect, it's like six months later, yeah. you haven't like learned anything, like you haven't like developed in six, it's not very good. Hmm. Um, yeah, because it kind of shows that you're being a little bit stubborn or you're, you're not really willing to accept that you can improve. You started off doing a lot of things for free, you know? you got the exposure, you networked. However, you've got to a point where, you know, you started charging for your stuff, you started charging for your videos, you started charging for uh, your clothing and things like that. And obviously with that comes profit, with that comes money. Um, how do you think the money side of things has changed you? Well, it most definitely has changed me. It, um, I used to be worried about like, for example, it's, I don't want to say exact numbers, but at the beginning of this, of this drop of, of this year, I had like, uh, like my first drop, I can say numbers for my first drop. That was so long ago. It was fine. Like I only made like, like for the t-shirts in like February, I only made like 800 bucks like to pocket. And like with this recent drop, I actually can't see numbers there, but I can say that like I managed to, to buy my mom a, a diamond necklace, you know, it's like a real diamond and, and like all through making art. And that's really cool. But I guess how it has changed me, I would say is just that it has opened up the possibility this being a real thing like a real thing in a way like like hey you know i made a lot of money i can live off this i can continue to do this i i feel much safer now like being like okay this won't fail as quick as i as i might think it would have done before like like this is a viable method of making money and living alone, moving out. I've, I'm planning to 
like live for a month in LA with a few friends like this year and that I would have never thought that would be possible like a few months ago I'm planning on like going with them to Tokyo as well and some stuff like that and like those are experiences adventures you're gonna have like all through like money and I think money really if you're wow okay if your main goal is money I think money corrupts but if your main goal is outside of money and you start getting money I think you're just gonna become better at what you do that's what I think I'm could be wrong I could be right I could be in between but I think if your main goal is just money completely it won't be as beneficial as if you want to use that money to just boost yourself and and really just work towards your goal even harder now so yeah I guess it has changed me and just knowing that this is a real thing that I can do for my life I guess it's kind of tough for me to kind of think about that because I've never made any money with my art basically Um, and so I have no idea how it is going to affect me. I have no idea what what it's going to be like uh, if or when I do, you know, make s- some money from that. So it's it's just difficult for me to to think about that because I'm so far away from that at this point. Like I've only really got started on my journey, and uh, I don't I don't really think about the money side of things so much. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to just develop myself as an artist, develop myself as a creator, and hopefully with that, money might come, you know? Sometimes I have yeah, no, that's not, no, that's, that's 100% true, and that's a good, good mentality had, but what I was going to say was that sometimes money does blur your vision, blur your vision sometimes, though, because I've caught myself, like, thinking, like, hey, if I make this shirt, it'll be pretty simple. I can sell this for a lot, make a lot of money. Maybe I could cut corners on this. But then I'm like, hey, like, if I was telling this to myself, like, six, seven months ago, when I was doing my first hoodie, making fucking no profit off it, I just wanted to bring a unique and new piece to the environment, would I be approving myself for that? I'd be like, no, absolutely not. So I just scrap this and, and go back to, like, my main thing. Sometimes when you start making money, obviously, you want to make more money. So you start cutting corners and you start doing stuff to make more money. And to a point, you kind of have to, obviously, like at the end of the day, this is a business and a business has to make money. But I think there has to be that balance between like making money, but also just doing what you love. So again, just reiterating, I think money has changed me positively and it has given me i guess like a safety net of like wow i can actually do what i want to do for a living and that's like amazing i think um so before we kind of wrap these things up there's a few questions that i like to ask all of my guests kind of like quick fire questions so we'll go ahead and do that okay so the first one is um what do you think it is that sets diego apart from everybody else I think for me, it's like if I'm 
if like I'm gonna find a way to do something. Like I'm gonna find a way to do it. Like that's the most I could do it. If I say, look, I wanna, I wanna make like no. Let's even say I wanna reach this person. I wanna talk. I wanna work with with this person. I'm going to, you know, like have it be uh, going through that person's following finding someone that they follow, going to that person they follow's following, then you go to that person, start working with that person for free, then work for the, and then develop a friendship with them for like two months to the point where they can introduce me to the other person, do the same thing, and then introduce me to the person I originally wanted to work with, and it takes me six months, I'm still going to do it. I think I'm going to do everything possible as long as it leads me to where I want to be I'm going to ha- I'm going to do everything I have to to get to that you know that's why I did so many free videos for so many people I did free videos for Ransom, half people or about youth uh, I was going to do something some for Menace and do something for so many fucking brands that were like really big back then and it was for free I wasn't getting paid I was just getting like exposure and, and ultimately it all led to where I am so like I said I'd do it again so yeah, something that distinguishes me, I guess, is like if I don't know how to do something, I'm gonna learn it. If I need to learn it to get to where I want to be, so I'm just gonna do everything I can. Yeah. Yeah. On a little bit of a quick tangent, you said that um, you kind of work with a, one sort of person in order to get to another. Um, do you not? Do you not think that that's a little bit like using them first two or three people in order to get to that other person? I don't look at it like that, though I think I phrased it in the wrong way, most definitely. But, for example, I wanted to get to, um, oh, fuck, what can I say? Like, like Dylan, back at the start. And I was friends with someone that was friends with him. I'm still friends with that other person. I still talk to them regularly. And I also talk to Dylan. I don't like, like leaving people, like, just ghosting them. I talk to everyone. I love making like friends. I love just talking to people. So I, it's not of like, it's not like, Oh, thank you. I uh, like, thank, thank you. I did this video for you. Okay. Bye. I'm now friends with three people yeah. with this person's friends, with this person's friends and with the original person. And it's great. Cause I have more people to talk to. I could work with these people more that could potentially know even more people and just, you know, show my designs to this person. Hey, man, do you like this? Yes, no, and just get feedback. And just, it's just like about talking, bro. I think this industry is really important for you to not be afraid to just talk to people and actually, obviously, not like spam people on DMZ there, but you have to be like really like outgoing. You have to be like either really outgoing or so absurdly, disgustingly talented to the point where you just don't even have to talk to people. You still like do really well. Yeah, and for ninety nine percent of the people, yeah, yeah, for ninety nine percent of the people, they're probably not going to have that second one though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, second question: You've all had a lot of success. You know, you've worked with big names. We didn't even get to touch upon that. Um, you've, you know, s- sold out drops in minutes, and you know, you're working on some really big projects. How much of that success do you think is down to your hard work? And how much is down to chance? I 
really don't want this to sound like I'm being douchey. I always have to make the disclaimer, but I really do think chance is a very, very minimum amount of percent in my success that I've had for now. I really think I've, I've worked so fucking hard to get to where I am, doing everything in my power to get to where I am, that I just don't really see like how chance like would have played a part. The only time I could really say is like at the beginning, I made a video and I sent that video to my friend and that friend sent it to Dylan from Mobile Youth without me asking anything. That was completely lucky. Like that, I had no do that. But after that moment, I always just reached out to people first. Uh, I'll make you a free video. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll work on this. I'll DM so many people. I'll do so many people. I work with manufacturers. All this, like just me fucking laboring, just like hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work to get to where I am. So I really think the least percentage of that was down to chance. And something I always say and something that my grandfather told me and I've always had is the more work I do, the more luck I have. So if you work harder, you're going to get more opportunities and you can be luckier because mm. you're working towards it. You know? Yeah. So if you had to put a number on it, how much, how, what percentage is hard work? What percentage is, is luck? I think 90% hard work. I would most definitely say 90, even a little bit more, but I want to sound too up, but I would say like 90, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> And the final question, if you had everybody in the world listening to this podcast right now, what would your message be for them? Uh, everyone in the world. Fuck, dude. Please do something you're passionate about. I love, I, abs- I was telling Mr. Ryan earlier, or recently, I was listening to this artist that I really like. He's called Oaf One. He makes really nice music. And like I was listening to the song he made. And it was so, in my eyes, in my ears, I guess, it was so beautiful. Like, and I was like, this guy loves doing this. This guy absolutely just loves doing this to the point where it brought me tears to my eyes. Him doing something that he loves. Imagine. If everyone in the world was doing the thing they're most passionate about, that'd be fucking amazing. Like, imagine the people that are making food in a fast food. or Like, those people working there or whatever are super passionate about making food. The food you're going to be eating is just extremely good. Imagine everyone working... Even at a call center, there are people that love talking, absolutely love talking. You're going to have an amazing experience talking to these people, and you're going to come out much happier than with a just person saying, like, hi. And if you're, I don't know, like, if, if everyone was just working towards or doing what they're most passionate about and really just dedicating their time to that, you'd just be so much more happy. So I would just say, just do, just go for it. Like, do what you're most passionate about. I'm so in love with art, not just clothing, as in, as just art. 
I think I use clothing as my method of expressing my art, but now we're starting with music just because I have, I have more ideas. I have more ideas that I can't put in clothes. So I'm going to put them in songs and I'm just passionate about art and just creating and just giving a story to someone, just having something. I want to make people feel, I want you to feel something when you're having to be listening to music or, or you have a, you bought a piece of clothing and you got it and you feel the quality and you look at the print. I want you to feel like when you watch my videos, my animations, I want you to get goosebumps. I want you to feel like you're in there. I want you to see this, hear the sounds, hear the lightning or the cr like the crumbling of the earth and really feel like, wow, someone that loves doing this made this. And I'm watching this firsthand. I want that feeling to be like with everyone. Imagine if everyone that was starting a brand had an absurd passion for it. You'd be seeing so many more beautiful like pieces of art out there instead of just more just random like stuff to make money. And I really think if you're super passionate about something, just, just go for it, man. Diego, that was beautiful, man. <laughs> that was a really beautiful message. Um, Thank if you. people if people want to find your work or want to work with you or something like that where can they find you well please uh hit me up on at reduciano or at vital osj uh i will most likely answer you on vital first because i'm being extremely active on dms right now you could also email me at vital osj contact at gmail or luciano diego3 at gmail or if you want to keep, or if you want to be updated with the music I'm going to start doing now, <laughs> you can follow me at, at Awaken on Instagram. Nice. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you very much, Diego, for coming on the podcast. No problem, bro. I'd love to be here. I love talking about this stuff. That's pretty much everything for this episode of The Bit Between. A huge, huge thank you to Diego Luciano for coming on this episode. If you want to listen to more, go ahead and search The Bit Between wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at thesabdog, that's at T-H-E-S-A-B-D-O-G, to find out all the latest updates and know exactly when a new podcast or new video is released on my channel. Once again, thank you very much for listening. Hope you're having a great day, and I'll see you in the next episode of The Bit Between.